0: Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. We all know the tragic story. Moses goes on the mountain after the Torah was given by God orally, the Ten Commandments. And he's there 40 days and 40 nights. And when he returns, he sees this terrible scene. The Jewish people who thought Moses wasn't going to return create a golden calf. And some of them even began to worship it 40 days after they were told, don't have any other gods. And Moses was so perturbed, was so upset at this, that he took the two tablets and he threw them down and shattered them. And many people may be wondering what happened to those shattered tablets. And why is it important for us to know that? Because many of us could say that they are also shattered many of us have experienced so much trauma in our lives and we feel that we're broken is there any way that we could be healed and how do we deal with this brokenness that we experience if we could figure out what happened to those shattered tablets then maybe we can also figure out what is our role when we feel that we are shattered so the talmud actually tells us what happened to the shattered tablets. Rabbi Shua ben Levi, the great Talmudic sage, says that the shattered tablets were kept in the ark together with the whole tablets. We all know that Moses went back on the mountain and he got a second set of tablets that were not shattered. Both of these tablets, the broken and the whole ones, were placed together in the ark. And Rabbi Shua ben Levi says this is to teach us a lesson. That when you see a scholar, a person who has knowledge, because of age and infirmity, lose their knowledge of the Torah. They forget their knowledge. Treat them with dignity and respect because the shattered tablets were no less considered sacred. They were placed together with the whole tablets in the ark. That's a very beautiful lesson, how we should treat someone who has lost some of their knowledge, some of their abilities because of age and infirmity. But there must be something even deeper than that, something that we could learn from and apply to our own lives. But in order to understand that, I have to preface that the Talmud, in that very place where it talks about the shattered tablets, quotes Rabbi Shua ben Levi, that he said three things to his children, and the three things seem to be totally disjointed, no connection to one another. And we'll try to find that connection and apply it to our own lives. And these three things are, complete the Parsha together with the Aramaic translation. Complete the Parsha twice and once the Aramaic translation. What that means is that every week, we divide the Torah into weekly portions. So even as they read the Torah publicly, one should also privately read the Torah portion for that week twice and then read it a third time in Aramaic translation. There's the famous Aramaic translation by unclus the convert to Judaism, that is considered to be the greatest classic translation of the Torah. And we recite that one time Together with the actual original Hebrew of the parsha, twice. That's one teaching that he said to his sons. A second, totally unrelated teaching is that be careful with the veredin. Veredin are either the jugular jugular vein or the carotid artery. Be very careful when you slaughter a, a, an animal. Make sure that you drain. The blood from it you don't allow the blood to remain there which is totally unrelated to reading the torah twice and translating it once and the third teaching is the one that we started with that the tablets and the broken tablets were together in the ark teach us respect for those who are old and have lost their knowledge what is the connection between these three statements about reading the Torah twice every week and translating it once? Then it's about not to uh, let the blood remain there. You have to drain the blood when you slaughter the animal. And number three, you have to respect the person who has lost his knowledge, just like the shattered tablets. What is the connection between these three? So let's take them one at a time. The first one is about reading the Torah twice. Why do we have to read it twice? If we don't remember it after the first time, the second time may not help. So why not just a third time and a fourth time? Where do we draw the line? What's the point of doing it twice? So one way of understanding that is, when we read the Torah, the weekly Torah portion, what's the idea of the weekly Torah portion? Why is it important to read it that week? Because Torah, in general, Torah means guidance, direction. Torah is here to guide us. So while any part of the Torah can provide us with guidance, each week we're supposed to get that guidance and inspiration from that particular Torah reading that is current. So we have to gather the knowledge of that week's Torah portion and apply it to our lives. But we have two problems, two opposite problems. The first problem is that very often when we read things, we read it from our perspective, We color whatever we're reading with our own preconceived notions and thoughts. So what good will it be to read the Torah if we're reading it the way we want to read it, the way we understand it, which is not really what God had in mind. So it won't give us any direction. It might even cause us to go astray. So that's why we read the Torah twice, because even if at the first time, at the first blush, It's only natural for us to read it with our own preconceived ideas and to color it with our own personal biases. Then we read it a second time, and we recognize that the second time is there to strip the Torah's teachings from our preconceived ideas and try to see what is God telling us. No biases, no personal biases. That's the first challenge that we have to meet to get rid of the preconceived notions, and to be able to take God's teachings pure without intermix, a mixture, an admixture of our own personal feelings and ideas that distort the true meaning. We're the, we have to preserve the integrity of the Torah, so we read it twice. But then we have the second challenge. The second challenge is that very often we find that the Torah in its purest form doesn't resonate with us. It doesn't relate to us. We can't see its relationship with our needs living in the 21st century. And the Torah that we read today is the same Torah that we read a year ago and a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, and 3,300 years ago when it was given. So how do we make sure that the Torah relates to us, that it resonates with us, That's why we read the translation, the Aramaic translation. The idea of the Aramaic translation was to take the purity of the holy tongue and the message that the Torah conveys on a high divine spiritual level and to bring it down into our consciousness so that it relates to us, that it resonates with us. So that's the first teaching of Rabbi Shua ben Levi, that it's important that Torah does have an impact on our lives by guaranteeing and creating this balance between preserving the integrity of the Torah and at the same time making the Torah accessible to us and relatable to us. This is a very difficult, delicate balancing act, but that's the challenge because we want Torah to change us, we want Torah to uplift us, we want Torah to sanctify us. It has to be the pure teachings of the Torah but then translated in a way that it could relate to us. Just like when we teach little children, and you teach them about theological matters, you're not supposed to distort those matters, but you have to bring it down to the level of the child. Well, we are all like little children in relative to the majestic teachings of the Torah, so it has to be pure with its full integrity, and it has to resonate with us. Then we get to the second teaching about when they slaughter an animal, The blood has to be drained. You can't allow the blood to stay there. What does this mean, and how does it relate to us? So the answer is that, yes, Torah is divine knowledge given to us that uplifts us, that refines us, that makes us pure and holy. But then that's what God sends down to us. We have to then reach down and elevate ourselves, and the world around us. We have to not just rely on the teachings of the Torah that come from above, come from on high, to affect us. We have to take the, te- the the world in which we live, starting with our own bodies, and then our own property, and the world and our environment, and elevate it. And how do we do that? That's the process of shechita. Shechita, which literally is translated as slaughter, actually comes from a root that means to pull up. We have to pull up the world. Every time we do something positive with any part of the world in which we live, we elevate that world. So when we do a mitzvah, you put on tefillin, for example, you're taking the leather of the animal and you're elevating it. When you give tzedakah, you give take a coin and give it to a poor person, you're taking that coin and you're elevating it. And very often in the process of elevating ourselves, we get caught up with the physical aspects of our lives, and we're full of passion for the physicality, for the materialistic aspect of our existence. So that's the lesson that when we slaughter, meaning when we Shrit again means not slaughter, literally. It means to pull up. When we try to elevate the world around us, we're in this physical world, we have to make sure that we get rid of the blood, which symbolizes passion, that we take our enthusiasm out of the materialistic aspects of the world and place it in the spiritual realm. So that's the balancing part of this teaching. The first teaching is that the Torah that we read should reach us and affect us then we have to take the world the way we know it and elevate it and do it in a way that doesn't allow us to have inordinate involvement with the materialistic aspects of society, of our lives and of society. And then we get to the third teaching. The third teaching is the shattered tablets were placed in the Ark with the whole tablets. Let's say we're very good on the first and second of these teachings. We're very good at taking the Torah and bringing it down into our level, the pure teachings of the Torah, not our preconceived notions of what the Torah is about, and we bring it down into our lives. And let's say we're very good at elevating the world around us, and we took out the enthusiasm and the passion from the non-spiritual aspects of our existence. But then, every human being has times when they fall, when they decline, whether it could be physical decline, which brings about a intellectual, mental, and emotional decline, whether it's just plain depression, every one of us experiences time in one's life that we could compare to the shattered tablets. And one would think that at that point, when we're shattered tablets, our lives lost their meaning because the Torah that we learned in the past is no longer effective with us because we don't have the means to make the Torah relevant to us because our, our, our mind and our hearts are limited. We don't have the ability to elevate the world and to take the blood out of the materialistic aspects of the world. We're really very down, spiritually speaking, which sometimes comes along with being down emotionally, being depressed. So we have to know that the shattered tablets are no less holy than the whole tablets. Even if our abilities are restricted, our abilities are limited, we are no less valuable to God as we were when we were in the prime of our lives, when we were whole tablets. And especially as we live in exile, exile by definition is a time when we're shattered, because even in the best of conditions in exile, we do not have the holy temple, God's presence is not fully revealed, so we're like shattered tablets. And in this mode of shattered tablets, we have to know that every mitzvah we do, even if it's limited, limited in our ability to put all of our energy into it, even if we're not capable of understanding Torah to the fullest degree, we're shattered tablets. But our shattered tablets... Considering the circumstances that caused us to be shattered because we are in exile is placed together with the whole tablets. God treasures it because tablets, what are tablets that Moses brought down from Sinai, God etched the ten Commandments into those tablets that means that you can't erase them. they're etched into us to our consciousness. Once the Torah was given to us and once we study Torah in particular, and once we observe the commandments, God and his teachings are engraved in our souls and we could never get rid of it. So though it may seem that we are shattered tablets, we would never lost our integrity as possessors of God's teachings that give us light and life and will ultimately break through the last barriers of exile and bring us the final redemption when the shattered tablets will be made whole again. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.